Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank on a Thursday morning. Here we are in late May. The troll is here, fresh, ready to, I don't know if he's ready to rhyme, but he's he's ready to talk. <laughs> Norman Locke is in the house as he joins me on Thursdays. Good morning, Norm. How are you? Good morning, Scott. They, they can't give Elford any playing time now? They just start him and then immediately put Derrick Rose in and then that's it? Like, what's going on? Well, uh, some reports are saying he's he's injured a little bit. I mean, he's well, then why play him at all? They need it. Right now, for how Trey Young is playing, they need all the bodies they can. Tell you what, man. Derrick Rose is playing really well, though, and I think that has something to do with it. Um, Don't call it vintage. No, no, no. And, and and no, but I get it. it no, I got yeah. 100%. I I got where he was coming from on that. Um but yeah, I uh I'd like to see Alfred play a little bit more. You know, I don't I, it's, it's hard for me because I don't know if if Alfred would be the end all be all of stopping Trey Young. That's the because I'm seeing Derrick Rose get cooked, but it's okay. Derrick Rose, you're older, you know, you had a couple injuries in your legs. It's, I understand. But you put Alfred out there, the couple minutes Alfred's out there, Trey Young was driving to the goal. Yeah, I think um, the the reality is, I mean, I, I found myself kind of rooting for the Knicks just because of Alfred, but Knicks fans have not been, um, I'll just say, supportive of his role the last couple of months. Um I don't think it's an injury thing. I think, I mean, he was dealing with a hamstring injury a couple of months ago. Uh, I think it's just they don't, he had, they don't, he hadn't been playing as well as some of the, the guys coming off the bench as of late. That's at least if you listen to Knicks fans. Now, that's always a touchy subject. Um, you know, take it as you will. But I, I think more of it has to do with play. And I, I don't know, man. I want to see him have a good run. Like, at least give him more than five minutes in a game so he can get into a rhythm and then. I'd like to, like, in talking to E, getting to the playoffs was such a big goal and a big deal to him. It's like, I just, that's what I want to do. I haven't done it yet. Talking to him, like, last offseason. And going back to New York, taking a pay cut, but with Tom Thibodeau there, it was like, this could be a good match. You think of the defensive reputation. You think of what Tibbs brings to the table. Now they're in the playoffs. It's this great atmosphere, and yet, you know, he's played eight and five minutes and, you know, gets benched in the first quarter and doesn't see the court again. It's about matchups. It's about matchups. Uh, and I just don't think this is a favorable matchup for him for the, the Knicks to be successful. You know, everybody loves Alfred, but it's just, it's just not conducive to the best play for the best five guys on the court. It's just not. It's, uh, it was um, – Knicks fans are acting like they've won a championship. I mean, good Lord. Man, yeah. the, like I'm watching Knicks fans erupt for the most basic Obi Toppin dunks. I've, I've, I'm waiting Ain't for – Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. I'm waiting for like this monstrous dunk, and I'm like, they're like, Obi Toppin tears down the room. I'm yeah, they, looking at They won like, <laughs> a playoff game against the Hawks, and they're out in the streets like they just like they just won the, the Larry O'Brien trophy. No, I'm – before even winning the game and being excited for winning. Now, it's the first playoff win since 2013, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm okay with being excited for winning a playoff game. But y'all acting like 
Vince Carter jumped over the, the, the Alpha Tower. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'll get pissed off every time I see Obi Toppin with a, with a regular dunk and the mic man, the commentator goes nuts. You see uh, the garden go nuts. I'm like, that's why y'all want Zion here because all those dunks are better than Obi Toppin's eight points. I'm, I'm, I had to look at the stat sheet how many times I've seen multiple uh, outlets post Obi Toppin's dunk, and I'm like, wait, he must have had like 15, 20. He had eight points. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't. Uh, I The Knicks, yes, the Knicks being good, I think is is good for the NBA, and yet I said this, said everybody that's like liking the fact that the Knicks are going to be in the playoffs this year and that people are excited, the Knicks fans will make you change your mind real quick. They're only two games into the postseason, and – and I still am like, okay, this is good for the league, and yet the Knicks fans are out in full force, and now you gotta, now you gotta deal with it. Now, the one thing I can say about the Knicks fans, that atmosphere and those fans give you confidence. Spike Lee will give you confidence to do anything. I, I really feel like, like Scott, if I put myself in Obi Toppin's shoes, I can score eight points with that with that fan base going crazy like that. It's just a make the other team mess up a couple times. I could sneak a couple two pointers. It's just like they might they're they're probably not even gonna win the series and they're no. just going they're just they're just going They're happy to be here. They're just going crazy. It, it, you you do kind of get that vibe. <laughs> they're happy to be Honestly, here. like after they lost the game <laughs> over the weekend, which was I mean, Trey Young show was awesome. There was so much of that, man. Master Square was popping. Isn't it great? The Knicks are back. It's like, they lost. They lost the game. Uh, Did y'all see that crowd? Did you see the scoreboard? <laughs> that's what That's what you missed out on. Winning and losing. Uh, it's weird. Sunbelt Conference Tournament last night when the Cajuns didn't have to win a game. You know, obviously you don't want to play bad. You want to carry over momentum. But the, the final result of last night's game does means absolutely nothing in regards to whether or not they advance to the semifinals. They have to win tonight's game to do it. That was the case yesterday. That's still the case today. It doesn't change. I got a question. Go ahead. The Has that style of determining which team plays which, and like you say, the Texas State, the Texas State game didn't matter because they lost to App State, has that always been? No. Okay. No, no, right. no. They Pool plays a weird thing. Um Originally, pool play was supposed to be like – so the coaches, whenever they, whenever the Sun Belt decided they were going to go to 24 conference games, which was like this happened even before COVID hit, the coaches decided, well, let's do pool play and we're going to have eight teams in the tournament and we'll have two pools and we'll take two teams from each pool for the semifinals. Um, each team's going to play three games in four days. Top two teams will advance. COVID happens. Then they're like, well, and and granted, you, you're not sure at this point. Like you saw what happened in college basketball, the games that were missed, the coaches were thinking it's not really going to be fair if like the schedule's unbalanced and some teams haven't played as many games and suddenly they're not getting in just because they weren't able to play. So let's have every team in there um, because that regular season schedule is all unbalanced. This would kind of balance things out, and that's what. That's how they got to what they're currently at. Now, they're going back to 30 conference games next year, so I imagine they may go back to, you know, the um, the double elimination kind of tournament style that, that they've had in the past, okay. which was like regional format, winner of each playing the best two out of three, essentially 
than a super regional format, you know, four team tourneys. It's just there's there's some other options, but here's what you got this year. And you know, having said that, the Cajuns, you know, snapped a twenty year old Sunbelt record last year. They had four triples in in a game in a, a Sunbelt tournament game. Um Alex Haney, Brandon Talley, Jonathan Brandon, Bobby Leday, all getting it. They're used, they use the bullpen as everyone expected. They use a number of different guys. Sam Riola came in and got him out of an inning on the mound. Uh, so it was it was good. It was good. You got the bats going. You were playing a Texas State team that they knew that that was their last game of the season. Who knows? You come out fired up like, man, I just want to end my season or my career on a high note or, man, I just want to go home. We can't play. For, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I can't. It's hard to tell when you're watching it on TV, you know, how mentally checked in or out they are. But you got the bats going now tonight. The question is, do you start Arigetti or do you start Cook? You go up against App State. If you lose, the season is over. You got to win three games, one today, one Saturday, one Sunday. And if you do that, you get to keep playing. If you lose any of those, it ends just like that when you lose. Jay Walker will join us about an hour from Montgomery to um, – give us some, you know, his thoughts on what happened last night, but what to look for tonight. Anthony Babineau told me yesterday they were either going to start Arigetti or Cook tonight. So we'll see what happens. The Montgomery team, so they, they're playing in this minor league ballpark, Norm. Uh, the Montgomery Biscuits is the team name. <laughs> I like it. Have you ever had, I do, I do too, but like I've never, I, I didn't know that like Alabama or perhaps Montgomery was like known for Biscuits. You yeah. gotta have. You gotta be known for something to to have it in your name, right? Because it's them. They, what's so funny is uh, me and my friends be laughing because they're you know Cajun and Lafayette people are like no, I'm you know how to cook a sauce, and I, I hit them back with you know how to break bake no bread. <laughs> you, know how to, you know how to do red beans you know on a Monday. <laughs> but yeah, I have a family that's from Monroeville, Alabama, and they bake all the biscuits. Good from scratch, yeah. It's good. like, see, I, I just talked. It's I was a bigger ta- biscuit. Too. I was talking about it with Bab yesterday. I'm like, you gotta sample the biscuits there. I need a real review. Like, is it, is it legit? You get the gravy too. I'm hoping they bring some of those biscuits. <laughs> no, that's that, that's the size of the biscuit that's that those, they will when, make. When, see, uh, they, Scott Daniels in sales. He he drops. He, he every Thursday morning in this building. There's all this Buddha and crackling up front. A blessing. Did you see that was a controversy going on? What is boudin a breakfast in Louisiana? It depends on how you make it, but sure. Yeah, I say sure, but there was a big controversy. Like, like it, traditionally, it just like boudin, the casing straight up. I don't know. I mean, and that's what the is, picture, and that's what was fooling people. Like to each no. his own, but like that, that's like saying like is sausage a breakfast in the world, and you show links of sausage instead of breakfast sausage. <laughs> like, come on, you're, 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 you're trying to throw people off with a photo. Can't fool me. I've had boudin on. I I like boudin actually when it's in other stuff. I'm not I'm not a huge guy with the casing. I know that's like the traditional way. I right. get it. Whatever. But sometimes though, Scott Daniels and Sales will have some like biscuits with either like chicken or sausage or boudin or something on it, and those go fast. Like you gotta Norman and I when we serve. see it up there, we'll run. I'll grab one for he and I, and you might hear us on Thursday morning sometimes coming out of a break and our. Our mouths are full of <laughs> biscuits. Breakfast boudin. Gosh, man. Rest in peace, Big Dave Thibodeau. I love Dave so much. Dave would always have food in the studio on Sunday mornings. Like, always. You know, either from Poche's or something, you know, Buck and Johnny's. And you could literally sometimes, like, 
you could if you listen enough, and I used to like go on with him a lot, or he'd come on with me. You could tell <coughs> you had a train here, you could tell that he was trying to eat something, like between <laughs> thoughts. But every now and then someone would call and say something, or Mike would say something, and he he was compelled to interject like immediately because he took issue with what was being said or he wanted to add to it. So he couldn't even like finish the bike. Oh, no, Mike. No. Oh, no. <laughs> and he would jump in. <laughs> and Mike would be like, Dave, man, finish chewing. <laughs> oh, I'm good. The best, man. Memories. Memories. Anyway, biscuits. Yes, the Montgomery biscuits. Like, uh, if you're a minor league baseball team, like in Biloxi, they're the Shuckers. That's good. We was the baby cakes. No, that's that was almost. And and how was that received? That was actually the apparel was really fire, but the name was horrible. It was horrible. The hats were nice. If the t shirts were if they nice. Had, like, all right, baby. What if they were called the king cake babies? Just, just a little, just a little bit of effort. That's all they needed was a little bit of effort. It would have been something that would have been. I think. Look, any any name you come up with is going to get like. People are going to get snarky with, um, but I do feel like that. Comp- and then, and then you got the same apparel. It just, I don't know, man. You can look around, like the 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 blue wahoos of Pensacola. Um, the uh, gosh, man, they've got some good ones. The San Diego Fathers, the Everett <laughs> Aqua Socks. And it's like no, a, it's a kind no. of a of a frog that is uh, nope. native to that area. Yeah, but see, this you got to understand that these names are not for people outside of the area. Like you're gonna you're trying to attract like the locals, so you got to okay. go like hyper local. Okay, you know I what I mean? It, I guess you got to go hyper local. But like I I've been to some minor league games in Asheville, North Carolina. They're called the Asheville Tourists. I'm like tourists. I went to the Durham Bull. Bullum, I think they call it. I don't know. They're the Bulls, but it's Durham is the Bull City. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you know, I mean, king cake babies instead of baby cakes could have at least, I don't know, ESPN fourteen twenty. I just wanted one of those little mini bats before they sold everything out and ran skip time wherever they are in Nebraska or somewhere in the Midwest, in the middle of America. (laughs) I don't know. It's hard, man. It's hard to. It's hard to. You you're trying to squeeze dimes dollars out of dimes in minor league ball. It's a tough thing, man. But uh, there's less teams than there was pre-COVID. There's certainly less teams than there was many years ago. Um, but you know you got guys. I know you got a lot. You know going through the minor league system. That's the Cardinals. A, if you can make it, see if you can make it in Major League Baseball. Think about baseball. Major League Baseball has been around for like 160 years, essentially. Only there's only been twenty thousand major league baseball players ever, which I don't know. That doesn't seem like all that many when you consider how long it's been around. I'm talking yeah. about guys that like played in the you not not in the minors, but if you actually were on a major league roster in a game, only twenty thousand ever. If you make if you if you just play one game, you are in like elite company. If you can be like, yeah, I had a cup of coffee in major league baseball. That's I don't know, man. That's pretty dang cool. I don't know why everybody be like, yeah, your son should play baseball, baseball money. I'm like, I don't think y'all understand. A lot of people don't touch that baseball money. If you make it to the top. <laughs> I remember talking to Pierre Thomas because he was he grew up in the south side in Chicago, big Frank Thomas fan, and was really good at baseball. And at some point in high school, one of the coaches was like, you need to pursue football. And he's like, 
man, should have done baseball. Look at those paychecks. I'm like, yeah, but you got to make it to the top. Or or you, if you get, look, if you don't make it but you're a high draft pick, you can at least get one good, you know, one good payday. Like every now and then you'll see a guy playing college football. You're like, how old are they? Oh, yeah, they got drafted in baseball out of high school because a team paid them. $4 million. They were in the minors for a few years and decided it didn't work out. So now that? they're in college in their early 20s. They've got millions of dollars in their bank account, and they're playing college football. I'm trying to think. What was that Browns quarterback that played four years of Brandon baseball? Whedon. Brandon Wheaton. Chris, Chris Wanky won the Heisman at 26 because he had played minor league ball. Yeah. I don't see how they can. I don't know. That's funky. You go play. It's like, oh, I'm not that good. And come back and like oh, I'm gonna play quarterback. Josh Booty <laughs> did it. Um, so Javon Walker, who's from here, he he, like he was this incredible athlete and played football at STM and um, picked up baseball kind of like not for four years of high school, a little bit later. And I don't remember if he was a junior or senior. And he's just like he was just such a a great athlete. Like he just do anything. And it was like okay, he's the best at it here. Was so good he got drafted by the Marlins. Like signed a deal, got paid. Minor leagues for a little while, didn't work out. Ends up at a JUCO playing football, then ends up at Florida State, then ends up as a first-round draft pick. So, And he made some good money in the NFL, too. So, like, the path is, I think for some guys, they're just they're so good at it. And when, one, when you're that good that one doesn't work out, you can go do the other one and make a bunch of money. Like, you're... You're an athlete. Yeah. You got my respect. So I said about... Uh, <clears throat> growing up and playing with Tyron Matthew, like he was good in all sports, and it's like I, I know maybe basketball he probably didn't have a future, but he he could have been a good baseball player too. Some of these guys, man. Now I know Tyron was kind of adopted by like a, an aunt and uncle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. Like, what was his? What some of it just depends the access to his sport and like how available it is, right? That is true. Well, see, what's so funny about him? He was so good. He played, and I don't know if this was legal. He played at three different parks for all three different sports. <laughs> he was recruited in the little leagues. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he played for Digby uh, football, and their football team was uh, poo. Uh, let's just just say it was Tyron Matthew and the Pips. Uh, so that was football. Then he played baseball for Kenilworth. Then he played basketball for Joe Brown. So it's like he had three different jerseys. You heard of the legend of Tyron Matthew, just depending on what sport your team played against him. So I played football for uh, Joe Brown Spartans, which was his basketball team. But I'm playing against him in football because he plays for a different football park ball team. It's just like, and then all you have the entire New Orleans trying to recruit him for high school. He's like, yeah, I'm going to St. Aug. <laughs> it's like, this and I'll be all. But in freshman year at LSU, he wasn't wearing seven yet, just 14. And it was like, this guy is not the biggest guy. And he is, it, it looked like he was, you know, in like Madden or something when you have turbo, but it eventually runs out if you hit it. It was just always on turbo. Always on turbo. It's like, I'm how gonna... is he just twice as fast as everyone else? Because he was so small. And that's the one thing that I keep telling people like, Tyron Matthew is not a big guy. He was not, not no matter what he's listed at. While at LSU, he was not over 180 pounds. Like, if you was to tell me Tyron Matthews probably 5'9", 170. And yet he could hit guys that were like 250 and knock him down. 5'9", 170. But it's also why he's one of the highest paid players in his position at the league. There's they don't there's not too many like him. No. Not too many no, like him. He's made a lot of money. All, All right. right. When we come back, 
More on last night's playoffs. Tom Brady has a genius marketing team. I'll explain, and it ties back into a story in golf that I maintain is great for golf and definitely something that I know Norman Locke, as much as he wants to disagree with me, I know he's going to love it. Maybe he's already loving it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is tailor-made for you. It's so good. It's so good. In fact, you, Brooks, uh, uh, DeChambeau is the guy that like inspired the conversation two months ago, and you're like, what is a tool? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Jay Walker joining us at 8.15, talked a little Cajun baseball earlier. We're going to circle back to that, the Sunbelt Tournament, the other results from yesterday. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up, the Cajun Heartland State Fair starts today. Ooh. Presented by LUS over there at the Cajun Dome. Gotta give me a funnel cake. I don't think I could handle one of those with my uh, pancreas that doesn't work. You <laughs> knock yourself out. The pancreas. <laughs> doesn't work, man. Pancreas is just in there, not doing well. I guess I injected with insulin and then it works but anyway no one came to hear about my diabetes your pancreas espn 1420 if you want to learn more about the cajun Artland state fair just go to espn 1420.com click on fair on the what's hot bar so um bryson dechambeau tool brooks kepka too cool for school but he's but it's like he kind of is like it's not the way to explain he? this, he really just is kind of like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't go, whenever there's like a a, a a gap or a quote off season, even there's not one in golf, there kind of is. But like, he doesn't just like golf on his days off. He's just like, I got to get away from the sport. I need to just like, I just want to go drink some beer, like get on my boat, you know, whatever. It's fine. Like, he was just great athlete in high school. Got an injury, kind of just picked up golf, and now he's one of the best golfers in the world. And DeChambeau is the guy that, like, tries really, really hard. I don't mean on the golf course, even though he does. I just mean, like, in life. Like, you know that guy that's like, you're trying too hard. Like, relax. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, look how strong I am. Look at how much weight. Everyone look at me. You know, I'm the best. He won one major. I mean, it's he's he's good, but he's just a tool. Anyway, so at this point, all of you have seen the clip from earlier, you know, in the week that got released on social media of Brooks trying to do an interview after a round on Friday and Shambo walking behind him and Brooks just losing his train of thought, rolling his eyes, cursing like just the the you can just see. In his face and hearing his voice, his disdain for that guy. No, oh, he was upset. And then DeShambo just leans into it more, which he's a tool, but he's just great for the sport because that's awesome. 
He got me joking. He keeps saying he's a tool. He is. He's a tool. <laughs> I mean, he 100% is a tool. So yesterday, there, there's a lot of layers to this, Norm. So let me let me explain it to, to the listeners, and then I'll get your perspective. Okay. So there's, there's a couple of things here. There's golf, and then there's Trump, and then there's football, and there's, there's all kind of stuff from this story. So it comes out that they're going to have... Um, I see you like this, but you ain't like that Kwame Brown smoke. An exhibition. Well, these are these are current guys. <laughs> I went and watched some of that Kwame stuff. It reminded me of a character from Justified, but um, these are guys currently. These are these aren't guys that used to play that are <laughs> yeah, not. just saying stuff. These are guys that are like at the top of their field right now. But they um, so Kepka and 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 uh, and DeChambeau obviously don't like each other. And then it comes out that they're going to have uh, the match on July 6th. Now, the match, think back last summer, you had uh, Peyton Manning and Phil and Tom Brady and Tiger Woods. Yeah. Or it might have been reversed. I don't know who was on whose team. But that was like this thing, television, and they mic'd him up and yada, yada. And he was talking so, a bunch of trash. Yeah, right. So now they're doing it again. And it was announced yesterday that Brady would be paired with Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting an old-timer, and obviously Tiger's on the shelf, they were going to put Rodgers with DeChambeau. And Kepka tweets, sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> to kick it off. And then <laughs> Kepka responds, it's nice to be living rent-free in your head. And then Kepka responds with a video from when, I guess, you know, Bryson's just trying to mess with him whenever he's... Um, you know, hitting some drives. I think you should be able to clear that, right? Okay. All right, Brooksy. Whoever's should... has called me Brooksy needs to get out of here. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess I don't know how that response was, but Tom Brady, first of all, Phil Mickelson chimes in and says, I feel like I'm in the middle of something and should step aside. Then, in parentheses, put, except they want the current PGA champ. So that's just, there's some good smoke from the, from the, from the 50-year-old. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in the, I think Tom Brady's <laughs> got people running all of his accounts. So meanwhile, a story drops yesterday on ESPN uh, that I think it, I think they were hoping it was going to be much bigger than it was. Um and it, it had to do with Spygate and uh, President Trump Yes, back when he wasn't the president yet um, paying for uh, paying, spending a lot of money for someone that was running for Senate, uh, Senate Arlen Specter, um, a lot of campaign cash. And one of the things was, hey, you know, get elected. You need to slow down this investigation into the Patriots or Spygate, which is I'm not I'm not getting political here. I'm just saying. Not money well spent, considering the NFL was really not trying to investigate thing. If you go back and do your research, you realize they were trying to downplay it as much as possible. They did not want; they had nothing to gain from that and everything to lose. So for Spygate, it's like, ooh, illegal videotaping operation, and might have impacted, probably impacted the Super Bowl, and let's destroy the tape. And that's what happened, by the way. 
Roger Goodell, no, that is actually a fact. He (laughs) didn't even deny it. Destroyed the evidence back when he was the not, you know, second in command at Tagalabu. The whole thing is just, it's why I always have to add a little asterisk when I think of Belichick and Brady and the Patriots because I always bring that up. Now, the league, again, they had nothing to gain. It's not like, well, let's, let's make a big deal out of this because we have lawsuits with head injuries, so we need to act like we're totally against bounties or whatever like this was Ooh, we've got everything to lose here nothing to gain point is this story drops yesterday as i get back to the present and i think you know having trump's name attached bringing up brady belichick spygate they probably were hoping it would be a bigger story than it was and it kind of just wasn't um i don't know exactly why but it just it really wasn't like and, and it was a long read and I think a lot of people have just kind of, you know, moved on and don't want to revisit it for whatever reason. But Brady's marketing team is a genius because it's like probably wake up, hey Tom, your name's in the news and it's for something that you, Bill, and everyone kind of just wants doesn't want in the news ever. So well, he, well, 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 Scott. Let me let me let me let you speak. I'm gonna let me finish up the, the point of how it ties into the golf. And then I'll and then I'll give you and then I'll give you the floor. So then Brady tweets out an hour or so after this story drops a meme, the the Bryson Brooks meme, Bryson walking behind him of saying, "Bryson, happy to be here." Mm-hmm. And then the meme of Brooks, and underneath it says, "Aaron realizing he has to spend the whole day with Bryson." So an Aaron Rodgers thing dropped another one about, um, you know. Uh, Touchdown here, and then it's Aaron won't, won't Aaron, go for it. Aaron, you know, uh, Packers kick a field goal. Aaron reacts to Packers kicking a field goal or something. So he's having fun with it. And guess what? Everyone just goes gaga over it. It's hilarious. And it was. It was funny. It was great. Uh, DeChambeau, by the way, gets involved and, and shows Brady with a deflated ball in an AFC championship game, which again, I'll, I don't like DeChambeau, but I got to kind of give him credit. But now all of the attention is, is on the match. It's good for golf. And no one's really talking about any of that other stuff. And there is no way that that Brady's marketing team didn't for at least there's no way they didn't factor in the other they started doing this. They were having some fun with it. It was good, but it also kind of deflected. And that was I, hey. Now Scott. Nice move. Scott. If some trainer comes out tomorrow and and says, you know what, I got bank statements from the former players, Jonathan Vilma and coaching staff, that I was paid money to help the bounty system win the New Orleans Saints. That I was that I paid money that somebody paid money to players. The, the, that he was part of the funneling of the money. If funneling just, of the money. Yeah. You mean like the the hundred dollars they would give each other after big hits? Again, I can't say. This is my hypothetical. I can't tell you all what he's hypothetical. So you're saying if that happened, what would the NFL do? I'm saying that everybody that's involved, that was involved in Bounty Gate, wouldn't care and be trying to sweep it under the rug, too. Wouldn't care. Yeah. You saying that Tom had his marketing team to say, oh, Tom, your name's in the media. Let's divert it. Let's keep the eyeballs away. The exact same thing will happen if the same situation was to happen with anybody involved in Bounty Gate. Yeah. You wouldn't I, hear about it. I, I, I don't. You mean you, what do you mean you wouldn't hear about it? You Just like how you said that 
Tom Brady's marketing team, I'm going to say this for you slow. Tom Brady's marketing team sent out a diversion to keep people talking about, from talking about the facts that came out with Spygate. I'm saying if Jonathan Vilma, all the other players that was involved in Bounty Gate, if any new additional information came out today or tomorrow, that the Saints and Jonathan Vilma and everybody else, Sean Payton, everybody else, We'll have a tie. The movie will probably drop early. So if like if like you know a a, a, a politician was like, oh, a story came out. A politician helped that's what, funnel money. That's what I say. If a trainer, I, yeah, I, say I a mean, politician, but, but let's let's make it as big as this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they would do. I think the NFL would just be like, see, you see, told you. <laughs> even though there was no evidence, whereas in Spygate, I mean. It, I, I'm just saying the fact that it will be swept under the rug and it wouldn't be number one news because of some diversion would happen. But I don't think I don't think the diversion to be for the record. I don't think the diversion had anything to do with the fact that the Spygate thing wasn't a big story yesterday. Okay. I don't. Okay. I think okay. no. I think his okay. marketing team saw an opportunity and said, "This is perfect. One, we get to promote this match. Two, we get." The focus of Brady, Tom Brady's trending. Why? Guess what? It ain't because of this other story. It's because, oh, my God, look how funny and great this is. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't think that that – I just – I think people are just over Spygate. I think they have been for a while. I think they don't want to look into it more or don't care. I think they've just been – I think they're just over it. Same with Saints fans and, and Bounty Gate. Same with Saints fans and Bounty Gate. Yeah. It's just over it. They don't want to talk about it no more. I, I'm put. I'm putting you. I'm trying to show you that. But but you but you do. All right. I didn't want this to turn into some Spygate. No, I'm not. Thing. I'm not. It's not where I was going with this. But you do know that there's a giant difference between the two for lots of reasons. I do, and I'm just trying to tell you the care level for both fan bases are the same, though. I I think Bounty Gate and Deflate Gate have a lot more similarities because I think Deflate Gate was. Overblown and dumb. Again, I'm not talking about offenses or what was confirmed or what did no, but, but, didn't happen. I'm just talking about care level of the fan base of the NFL and or Patriots. But, they, but again, uh, and I, or I, if you want to talk about care level of the NFL, again, Deflate Gate and Bounty Gate was two investigations they did that were shoddy that they essentially were like, we have nothing, but we're still going to punish it. Whereas Spygate is, in my opinion, a much bigger scandal where you had a Super Bowl winner that was allegedly cheating yeah. like a lot now that's all the details Scott. a lot but i'm not you, I'm also, not have, on the you details. also have goodell burning a tape of evidence like the the nfl wanted to hide that they wanted to do for deflate gate and bounty gate they wanted to make it bigger than it was like there's there's just a big difference between spy gate and 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 the other gates if you will bill gates by the way single again i'm just putting the fact that obviously as an nfl fan Something that that was in 03, right? Or uh, 02? When was it? Spygate? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, the it, it, yes. 01, 02, kind of that time frame. And the Super Bowl was from the 01 season that was in 02. Now, that is been alleged. The Rams say, hey, they had, you know, they illegal videotaped our, our walkthrough before the Super Bowl. Pat's deny it. The only evidence that they allegedly had was some regular season stuff. Eric Mangini says otherwise. We never got to see the tape. Because a guy burned it, said they did a full investigation. Let's move on. Let's move forward. Let's not talk about. And now we're in twenty twenty one. That's why. That's what I think. I think the 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 the. I don't know who wrote the story. Let me look at it. All right. So I think Seth Wickersham, 
and Don Van Nata Jr., who did it, who were talented, who wrote a nice thing. It's a long article. It's very an investigative report. I, I feel like their thought was attaching Trump to this was going to make it make spin. Yeah. And and it just wasn't. I don't think it would have been even if Brady's marketing team had not kind of gotten into the fun stuff. You must on have Twitter. forgot Trump's not on no social but, platform. No but <laughs> but no, I just I just think they, they thought it was gonna be a bigger thing. And I think it's it's a combination of just people have kind of moved on. Like what more can you actually find? No. Like it I don't know that it surprised anyone, but everyone's kinda like, okay. Yeah, I mean, we know the facts of Spygate. We know what's true, not true. We know the facts of Deflategate, what's true, not true. We know the facts of Bountygate, what's true, not true. And everybody got punished. We don't we, know. We, we, one, two of those three things are true. Uh, we do not know all the facts of Spygate. I'm saying what have, has been presented sure, but, and punishments yeah. have been developed. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We law, know what has been proven that, right. or not been proven. Uh, the facts are, are alleged facts. <clears throat> and it's just, you know, it's done. <laughs> so I'm just like this know. whole thing was to to basically point out how great Brady's marketing team is because one he hadn't been on social media long and everybody just goes gaga anytime he puts anything out there. I have to admit that it is clever and funny. It's an A plus content. It team. is like it's I can't. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny it. And yesterday I see him trending and I'm like, people really care about that story. Thinking of the Spygate thing, yeah, the Trump thing. Then I then I you know click on why he's trending and I'm like. Son of a Sly. gun, man. This guy is funny. And then people are eating it up because it was good content. And then you got, you know, the, the, I mean, the golfers like it because you got beef between two. That's the story in golf right now. You got Phil Mickelson just throwing himself in there with a great now, reference. And then you got <clears throat> DeShambo out there acting like a tool and, you know, making fun of Brady and anyone else who will listen and, you know, going in the gym and showing him working out. 50 for, times from day. what Leonard Fournette said about Tom Brady, I truly feel like Tom says the the wild things to his team, and then they just formulate it to some funny content. But I, I feel like Tom's like, you know what? No, I want you to say this, this, that, and third. They're like, Tom, we can't say that, but we're gonna we're gonna shape it in this manner. Wait, wait, say that again. You feel like he tells them to say what? To say the most like ignorant things. And then he they shape it to where it's formulated for. Oh, the you internet. mean he just kind of he doesn't he's. He's not as refined, descriptive and refined in the things he said. Well, I mean, Joe Flacco said the same thing about Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah. Great motivator. But he's like, you know, I'll be honest. Some of the time we didn't we didn't know what exactly he was talking about. But but we got into it. I mean, you know, it, it, it fired us up. And sometimes we're like, what? Now that's thousand percent Ray Lewis because you don't know what he's talking about. But you just fire up. He's like, yeah, he's screaming like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. He's you know what? I, some, I don't know. Michael Irvin, your boy. Sometimes when he just starts screaming on TV, it gets me pumped. Years ago, I was like, I'd like roll my eyes. Now I just, I just smile, man. Like when he starts sweating. Oh, when that God. bead of sweat he was from ta- the top. Was, I saw some clip of him on, I guess, it was from NFL Network, and it was a panel, and like he and Kurt Warner, and Warner's Warner's really good at his job. Yeah, Hall of Famer, but like. He's not exactly block like, me, Kurt. He's, he's not exactly out there like cracking jokes a bunch. You know, he's very just kind of straightforward. They start talking about Aaron Rodgers and Kurt. I don't even remember what he said. And Irvin's just No, no, no. He his mama. You don't think and his whole point was that if you you really don't think that he would 
like that the beef is that serious with the Packers. He's like, this man hates his mom. You know how? <laughs> and he was just like, then he started sweating. He came, mom, like he was going on about like Aaron's personal life with his family, but in there was a good point. He was like, look how far he took that. Like, you yeah, think he's no. going to take it that far with this team? And he's like, you can't tell his mom, Kurt, his mom. And Kurt was just, <laughs> Kurt just was looking at him and like, didn't know. Irv is my spirit animal. It was just kind of like, like, okay, cool. And I but, see the oh, 90s teams was man. turned up. You had Dion and Irvin his, in the same locker room. His mom. The conversations that probably happened on the sidelines in that locker room is probably golden. I can't wait. Like, those guys, they need a, 40, Dude, gotta, a 30 gotta, for 30. got to go read that book I've been telling you about, man. Yeah, I got to. Got to. Got you, to. If, you want, if you're a Cowboys fan and you want like, to know the, the history of those teams, man. There's some stuff in there. Like I said, it starts out with the time Michael Irvin stabbed a player with some scissors that was getting his hair cut at the team facility. <laughs> That's how it starts. 269-1077, 269-1077. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. Said to the welcome into the show. Hello. Have you ever noticed that when Michael Irvin gets like really fired up, he gets like this gravel in his voice and it sounds like he's like super congested? He like he gets so excited. He's and his voice just starts cracking, and I laugh every time because he literally looks like he's about to go put pads on and run through a wall. Like That's he, it. Like That's he's it. Like, yeah. I got one more game in me. I can do this. <laughs> he makes me laugh because everybody else in the room they could be talking about it doesn't matter like the tryouts for the Cowboys, and everybody else is just like, yeah, you know, it's happening today in Fort Worth. And then he's like, tryouts! And he's just like in everybody's face, and I'm like, dude, calm down, man. But, uh, but no, I think it would be really cool if they had a, like, the last dance kind of thing about the Cowboys in the 90s. That would be really freaking cool, man. I mean, I gotta just about imagine the stories that even I we don't even know about. Now, didn't they have a 30 for 30 on it? Not to say, look, 30 for 30, some of them are good, some of them weren't, and, and none of them are the last dance. So I know what you mean no, about facts. the last dance. But you would have to yeah. – you, you see, the problem with the last dance, everyone loved it, but it was it was just it, – it was just like Michael Jordan pornography. It was, like, <laughs> it, was like, it was all it was all just like his – so much of it was just still making him out to be the GOAT. He had creative control. Right. What I love about the book about the Cowboys is that it was not – it was an unauthorized biography, so you didn't have, like, none. You didn't have like, the last dance. No one was protected. Correct, correct. I mean, you got to be honest. It's not like anything in the last dance. Every everything that that they claim were faults of Jordan, the last dance made out to be. No, this is why he's the greatest. It's like, well, you know, being a gambling addict and you know, carousing and being unfaithful and all this other stuff. That's not. Like you don't have to do that to be great, but that documentary said, "Yeah, you do," and that's and so he's the goat because of all of this. So be a butthole. It, it spins it <laughs> to where it's like, no matter what, Jordan comes out looking gold, and you know Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen, like they were not happy about it. Now I still watched it, but that was kind of my problem with the Last Dance. You get me an unauthorized like deep dive, like five episodes set into the Cowboys of the early nineties. Man, I am in. Yeah. I I, the thing about the thing about the live dance, though, I think one thing it did do for the average basketball fan who was kind of surface level, and what I mean by that was like just watch the games into the players on the court, and especially at my age, I wasn't at that time in, in the nineties. I was like ten. I wasn't worried about Scottie Pippen's contract. I didn't care what he got paid. I didn't know, 
but to know now, it's insane that he screwed. Like, it, 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 based off the guy, the guy Jerry said, "Don't sign this contract. We're offering it to you, but you shouldn't take it." And like the, what he did, them having to chase Dennis Rodman around, like all of those stories. That part of it is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, oh, I wish that was awesome. Been able to see the, yeah, no, I wish and, and, been able to yeah. see. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was going to say, I wish we would have been able to see, like, when Jordan went into, like, offices and said, I want this player traded. I want him out. You know, stuff like that. I wish they'd have had that, but of course they're not going to do that. They can't, they can't paint Air Jordan that way. No. Well, he, but he also, like, had, I mean, he was one of the producers, so he, he could have. He had all the tapes. He had the say. He had the film. He had the say <laughs> of, like, what makes Final Cut. You know, that's my thing. It's like. Yeah. Whenever, yeah, yeah, that that was that was my my biggest issue with the last dance. But in terms of the like the nostalgia and like the old clips and seeing stuff, like that was, I there, there were a lot of aspects of it that I loved. But you know, my my one thing was give me an unauthorized version. Let let's see let's hear Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen, and these others. Let's hear the things they said about MJ that weren't great, and let's let's kind of go from there so we get every side of the story. Yeah, for me, for me, I, I tend to agree with what Norm was saying earlier that like, not not worrying about who did what or or, or or how they did it or what they got punished for or what they didn't get punished for, like the whole all the gates, I, I feel the exact same way about it as like I would about when I was a kid watching Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and the steroids. Like I'm over it, man. I get it. It happened. They cheated. But that happened eons ago. So like when some people like get all caught up on it and like get so enthralled in it, especially the bounty gates and the, the flight gates and all that. For me, I, I think everybody's just past that at this point. I, I don't I don't foresee something that big happening again in the next couple of years or so, but I mean, it could, but at the same time, I, I think we're kind of over it. But anyway, man, I enjoy the show and I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate the call, Josh. One of our listeners um, says, so Norm's spiritual animal is Michael Irvin? Yes. Says, please drug test him immediately. No, I'm clean. <laughs> spiritual animal spiritual animals the spirit can't do what he does uh, <laughs> hey next hour we'll get back into how the sunbelt conference tournament looks your schedule and layout today what the cajuns did last night you got jay walker joining us at 8 15 who does he think starts tonight eric getty or cook we'll get into that must win tonight for the uh, cajuns against app state Stay tuned. Great Sky Show continues after this. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank, sponsored by Suit Up. For those of you listening to ESPN 1420 live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and in connected cars and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Sunbelt Conference Tournament continues today. Last night, or yesterday, rather, you had a couple of elimination games. Neither of them close. The higher seed, uh, South Alabama beats Coastal Carolina. Georgia Southern beats Georgia State. Uh, South Al won fourteen to seven. Georgia Southern won ten to one. Um, 
predicted both of those things. You had Louisiana last night beating Texas State 12 to 6. Nice. Jack Burke started. A lot of guys through last night. Um, Sam Riola went in there and got out of an inning. So they threw a lot of guys from the pen. You had Austin Perrin get in there, uh, among others. Cajun's offense looked good. 13 hits. That's what you want because today it's all about getting some offense to go with whoever starts, whether that be Eric Getty or whether that be Connor Cook, because the result of last night's game in terms of win or lose didn't really matter. It, it, it All that matters is you win tonight or your season's over. South Alabama plays Little Rock in a game that really doesn't matter. You have UTA and Arkansas State and one that does. South Alabama, Little Rock at 11 this morning. UTA, Arkansas State at 3. Louisiana, App State scheduled for 7. Last night they didn't start until... Um, around 8 o'clock, a little before 8. So third game of the day could start later. We're going to visit with Jay Walker coming up at 8.15 to talk about tonight's game, uh, what to look for, if he thinks it's Arigetti or Cook, the mindset going in. lot to get into with uh, with Jay. But 12-6 win last night. Cajun set a new Sunbelt Tournament triples record. They had four triples in the game. Drake Osborne hit his 17th double of the year. That's the most by a Cajun catcher since Michael Strentz back in 2013. I mentioned Riola. He he pitched. He was the opening day starter at shortstop. And uh, his first appearance on the mound of the season, and he struck out a pair of batters. But really nice job by the Cajuns last night. You wanted to win or lose. You just wanted the offense to get click and get moving. And, uh, and you did. But go out, do or die, win today. Play Saturday, win then, play Sunday. Just win, baby. Just win, baby, win. Just win. All right, 269-1077. We'll open up phone lines, 269-1077, before we bring on Jay Walker at 815. Let's head to the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Uh, the whole crazy thing about the um, Sunbelt Tournament, you know, um, I heard Charlie Long on um, Norm and Linda's show basically saying the game was just – uh, you know, this game doesn't really matter. Uh, what's, what matters is uh, Thursday's game. That's crazy, huh? <laughs> it, 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 and it, it might not have played out that way. You know, if 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 Texas State had won, State, yeah. you know, yeah. on Monday, then last night's game would have been everything, and tonight's game would have been, you know, whatever. You just kind of scrap it together and get ready for Saturday. But, uh, but App State, they played their cards right. They didn't throw their ace, who is uh, – you know, second team all Sunbelt Conference. They still got the win, one to nothing. It's hard to have that restraint as a coach in a closed game. You might want to bring out your guy, but they roll with the pin. They got a one nothing win, and you got I like the mindset. You you play to win the whole tournament, but you know if Cook goes tonight, I, I don't see how the Cajuns lose. If Arigetti goes tonight, it's what it, which Arigetti are the Cajuns going to get? Um, and then then That's it's the one it's. Uh, that was, yes, that's the one that earlier in the season anyway, uh, Deggs and, and Bab both said on this show with me that he might be tipping pitches a little bit. But they looked into it. They couldn't really figure it out. So I, I don't I don't know, man. Arigetti early in the season was pitching like an All-American. Like I, there was a, the first half of the season yeah. he was pitching yeah. like legit All-American candidate. He had the, uh, you know, the third best ERA in the country for a while. And then it just... He started having rough outings, one really weird outing where he had it going for five and two-third innings, and then suddenly, you know, they don't pull him, and he's given up hit after hit, and the other team scores like eight runs all at once with two outs and 
you know, the bottom of the fifth. So it's he's had some good ones. North Alabama isn't good, but he looked good against them. So if they do roll – like if they don't roll with Arigetti tonight and they roll with Cook and they win, you're going to see Arigetti probably start Saturday. So at some point you're going to see Arigetti, whether that's tonight. Well, I say at some point. I guess if he doesn't go tonight and they lose, you won't. But I don't think they're losing tonight, especially if Cook plays. But the offense looked good yesterday. I think the Cajuns get the W tonight. Uh, the game was like damn near four hours, huh? Like I'm listening to the uh, listening to it on the radio. Uh, uh, I was also watching the uh, Hawks and Knicks game. It was long. Uh, it was really long. Carefully. I mean, it, it started. It wasn't quite four hours, but it started late. Um, seven thirty. Uh, it was like it was almost eight by the time it started. It started oh, okay. at like seven fifty or seven fifty three. Because like you that. know, I was taking a nap, a late nap. Which is very rare. I try to. Well, anyway, uh, and I, heard <laughs> Jay, and I love naps, man. I'll take a nap anytime. Oh, yeah, no, I take no. I'm a cat, man. Like, I'm really a cat person. Like, I, I'll take a nap. I, a little 20 minute nap. It's I'll true. Nap no, I'm with you. Dude, some, my, my kids will, like, go down the street to their cousins to play for 20 minutes, and I'll be like, I'm laying down. I'm getting it in. <laughs> And then they'll do it again in the afternoon, oh, or they'll go outside. My wife's like, oh, we're going to take a walk. I'm like, cool, I'm laying down on the couch till I get back. I, see, I'm not. Actually, I can't catnap. If I lay down, it's over with. It's over with. Get, bring the war. Two, you got to wake me up. There's two. There's the drooling dream nap when you wake up, you feel you don't know where you are. And then there's like the 20, 30, like, I just, I'm going to get it in because I can't. <laughs> you know what nap I hate? Scott, you ever had this nap? You take a nap late, like, like I said, like around 5 30, you wake up at 6 30, and you get up like, Oh, man, is it morning? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't tell because the light's about the same as it would be 6 to – now, I haven't done that in a while, but, you know, it, yes, I used to used to have those kind of um, But, yeah, anyway, I heard them uh, talking about the stadium, you know, how beautiful, you know, the structure and how they couldn't have a, a biscuit because um, I guess, you know, of course – well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Scott. I met him. I met Javon Walker around. Yeah, I, I know we graduated the same year, but and I used to see him at track events, but I didn't really know him, you know, like that. We'll see his name in the paper. But I met him. I remember one time he was in the union at uh, USL at the time. USL. I think it was around ninety nine, two thousand. And I was like, hey man, good luck, man. I'm glad you picked Florida State, you know, because at that time Florida State was the only team I rooted for. Um, and and that stems back from anyway back in the day, but uh, he was like, oh, oh, thank you, man. And the rest was history. And you you mentioned a good point, Brett Favre did right. It was so messed that up. That wasn't cool, man. I, I I'm telling you, like I I have been anti far for so many years, and Jay and I used to take a lot of heat, and and I know some people still love him, but back I mean, just think you don't oh, talk about a you don't talk about a I player like holding out like you don't like mm-hmm. that's bit, and he goes publicly and rips him, and back then. There wasn't nearly as much public support for players as there is now. Not to say it's hundred percent, but right. but but back then it was like five percent fan support. Javon comes back, gets hurt. I mean, you just you just that's not that's not something a, a quarterback, a leader should do, man. Brett has just, been saying the wrong thing for what twenty years now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott, think think about that. Think about well, that's crazy how that took place, right? Because you had the whole T.O. situation. Um, that took place a year late, a year later, with the same agent. It, it, it's um, it's kind of wild, like you said, the uh, public perception back then. Um, just yeah, so, you, you know, didn't, God. you didn't, you got a lot more. You, I think you have a lot more fan support now for the player than you used to. 
it used to just be like, well, they make millions of dollars, so why are they doing holding that? Well, actually, this guy doesn't, or he doesn't make what he's worth. He's put, but yeah. it, for some reason, the the empathy, or maybe that's the wrong word, the recognition of, yeah, but look who's paying him. Like, they got, like, you're not paying, well, I'm paying him with your, no, you're, the owner is paying him, you're paying the owner money. The owner is paying them, and the owner is worth billions, so... Why are you siding with the billions instead of the person that's got a short shelf life? And it just that that Green Bay might be a little yeah. Green Bay might be a little bit different. But right? but but you know as well as I do, like fans at that time, they're no different from fan base to fan base. That was just kind of like the that was the mindset. And now it's I don't know if it's fifty, fifty, sixty, forty, whatever. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a lot different than it was just ten years ago, twelve years ago. Well, last question, I know you gotta go. Uh that was uh if I'm correct, I think I, you know, I sent it to you in the email. I think he was the last drafted in the first round by by uh, the Packers. By right? the Packers, probably probably so. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Think about that, man. I guess they felt like, hey, nah, they <laughs> made it to two NFC guys. championships without it. They went 13 and three last season. I don't know what that baby Aaron Rodgers up. What else he wants? Could have gotten all just, of just, it. Just 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 a voice. I guess he feels that, hey, I, I want to have a voice. But, hey, man, you're a player at the end of the day. Yeah, I you do know? hear that. But how many players actually have input on who gets drafted in the first round? I, I, I'm i just thinking back, like, you know, might might if, a, if it's a, a player that you might have played with or your son or something like that. But I don't know what quarterback tells the head coach or the draft room Hey, I like that player a lot. Let's go get that guy. Joe Burrow, you think Joe Burrow did that? Hey, I well, he chase. again. I just said if he played with him, uh, but Aaron Rodgers ain't playing with anybody. We gotta, we gotta hit up a break, fellas. We got Jay Walker on hold. We'll continue this conversation right, a little later. You. Appreciate the call. By the way, 2002 NFL Draft top receiver taken that year, Dante Stallworth by the Saints. Ashley Lalee from Hawaii went 19th. Javon went 20th. Your fourth receiver off the board in the second round, Josh Reed from LSU, from Rain, Louisiana, drafted by the Bills. Josh Reed is one of the greatest college wide receivers I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe the best. Simply the best, as Tina Turner would say. Jay Walker, he's got the call tonight, voice of the Cajuns. We're going to talk Cajun baseball with Jay right after this. It's the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott. Norman Locke sitting across from me. Man's starting to get into golf after today. Just a little bit. Starting to get into golf. I got a good swing. Oh, I just meant like it's like a spectator. Oh, I'm good with the 9-9. You're starting to play? I'm good with the 9-9. Really? I don't know what that is. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, Norman Locke. In with me as he is each Thursday. Voice of the Raging Cajuns. You heard him late last game with Brad Topham. Cajuns beat Texas State 12-6, to but uh, so much focus is on tonight's game as uh, it's win or go home. That's about as simple as it can get, and that's what you have tonight, Louisiana versus App State. My friend Jay Walker joins us now from Montgomery. Jay, have you had any biscuits to eat in Montgomery yet? Um, I had some uh, biscuits here at the hotel. Unfortunately, you know, because of the, the fact that there aren't a lot of people there, they haven't opened all of the concession things. And so 
the biscuit kiosk is not open, which is a little bit of a disappointment for me. Oh, a biscuit kiosk. Hey, if you're if you're home of the Montgomery biscuits, I guess you got to have a kiosk that has biscuits. Hey, man, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Now, you know, you absolutely do, and, and the fact that it's not open almost makes me want to cry. Well, don't do that, Jay. Don't cry. Don't cry. Hey, Jay, this is Norm. How you doing today? Hey, Norm. Good. I want to know who got the start today. Oh, it's going to be Connor Cook. I mean, there's no, there's there there are no other candidates. Okay, uh, you know the Cook has been the he's been the guy uh, for for more than a month now, and uh, in a game that you got to have, uh, it's it's a pretty easy pretty easy choice to make. I think you don't think there's any way they go with Arigetti? No, um, and and that's that's nothing against Spence. I'm, you know, you're playing. Um, you're playing an App State team that has one of the best pitchers in the league, and that guy's going. To, and so you got to go. You got to go with your best guy. And over the last month, Cook has been their best guy. So I don't. I don't think there's a decision to make here. Mentally, he's locked in right now. Said the biggest. Told me earlier this week when he was on with me. Said the biggest difference between the first half of the season when he was kind of, you know, a reliever occasionally. Maybe maybe he's going to start, and then really just second half of the season looked like one of the better pitchers in the country. Said so much of it, it was just all mental. And mentally, he's no nonsense, Jay, but as locked in as he has been, you got to like the, can- the the Cajuns' chances, even with, you know, App State throwing their ace, the you know second team all Sunbelt Conference selection, which in terms of trying to play, a, a play to win a, a tournament, App State played their cards against Texas State the other day, and it worked out pretty good for them. You know, I think Tyler Tuthill is really good, and I think runs are going to be at a premium tonight. But I'm with you. You know, as good as Tuthill is, I would not trade him for Connor Cook. Um, I, I I think it's a good matchup for Cook and the Cajuns. And, uh, you know, uh, the kid from, from Little Rock was named uh, Pitcher of the Year, and, and I'm not going to really argue with that. But I think the best pitcher in the league the second half of the season was Connor Cook. And... And I don't think it was all that close. And he's going to have to pitch like that uh, in the game tonight because Tuthill's been very, very consistent. And, uh, you know, the reality is I don't think the Cajuns are going to get a whole lot tonight offensively. So Cook's going to have to be good. They got a lot last night. How much of that momentum can be carried over in tonight? Or do you feel like you just erased last night off the board? It was fun. It was what it was but it will have no bearing on tonight. Yeah, I don't think it has much bearing on tonight. You know, they they had uh, they had fun last night and uh, you know, the fact that they got what 13 hits, you know, maybe that maybe that gives them a little bit of, a little bit more confidence going into the game, but uh, I don't think you can read much uh into last night except boy Sam Riola was really good in the inning that he pitched. And, and and for me, that was the story. I mean, you know, we we haven't seen this kid on the mound. He was really good. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you, you don't have much time left to go in this season. But, you know, Sam coming back could be a two-way guy next year. Yeah, it's cool to see a guy that started the year as a shortstop go in first appearance on the mound and strike out a pair of batters and uh, and look strong. But, I mean, I think you used the right word, right, Jay? Fun. Last night was just kind of fun. and. It, 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 it yeah. was there. There was no, there was no stress involved. I think for fans of the program and for the team itself, 
Um, how much stress do you put on yourself tonight if you're the team? How do you stay focused and yet have that balance of being loose? How are you in the right frame mentally? I think if the Cajuns don't cough it up, you, know, you look back to last weekend when they won the West, right? The two wins they had, you know, one run wins, no errors, right? If you can play air-free baseball tonight with Cook on the mound, you should be able to be, you know, playing on Saturday. And at that point, maybe we do see – you know, Arigetti get a go, but um, but that to me is, yes, when you score runs, you usually win a few of the Cajuns, but you're facing tight deal. It's about playing air-free baseball to me tonight, ride and cook, and just get a timely hit here or there, and you can get out of this with a W and keep playing. I, I mean, I, I know yeah. you and them and everybody listening, they don't want the season to end tonight for Louisiana. No, um, certainly nobody wants to see the season end, and I think you're spot on. You know, I, I think that they've got to go ahead and play really good defense behind Cook tonight. Um, you know, a wise man once said, pitching defense and timely hitting. And I think the pitching and defense part really, really is important tonight. Look, it's going to score a lot of runs. App State, to begin with, isn't a great hitting club. And they, and they struggle with really good velocity. And so you're going to see a lot of fastballs uh, from Cook tonight. And... I don't think App State's going to get a whole lot, but we're not going to get a whole lot either. So it's going to be who gets the critical hit at the critical time of the game. Uh, but the but you, you again uh, the, to your point, you got to play really good defense tonight behind Cook because you don't want to give App State anything. Uh, and if you can do that, I think you're going to be. But you know, you're facing a really good arm and. So you got, you know, you got to take advantage of the opportunities that you get on offense. And honestly, I don't expect that there's going to be a ton of opportunities. You, you'll, you'll have a few. Got to take advantage of a couple. Jay Walker has been our guest. Final question, Jay. Anything else from the tournament thus far stand out to you? Not necessarily. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be Cajun related, but just the tournament as a whole. Well, you know, South Alabama is who they are, um, and for a lot of folks yesterday especially after what Coastal Carolina did to Little Rock, say, okay, you know, Coastal's back and South Alabama's going to have a tough time. And South, South Alabama said, hold my beer. You know, they, <laughs> they, were, they were really good yesterday. And, um, you know, they are the team to beat in this tournament. Cajuns can't see them until the finals. Take care of your business tonight. Take care of your business uh, against Georgia Southern on Saturday. And then see where the whole thing falls. But, the Jaguars are the favorites, and there's a reason why. Jay, appreciate the time. We'll be listening tonight. Jay Walker, Brad Topham, have the call. Win or go home. It's going to be a big one. A lot of eyeballs will be on the screen. If they are, I invite you to do what I did last night. Use that pause. Use that rewind. Do what you got to do. Sync up the broadcast on the TV of ESPN Plus with the radio call. Jay and Brad have it. If you're listening on the radio as well, you got it. ESPN 1420 and Talk 96.5 KPL. The apps for both stations, the streams for both stations, all powered by Learfield IMG College. Thanks for waking up, man. Uh, eat a biscuit while you're there. Let me know how it is when you get back because I, I, I just learned this week that Montgomery and Alabama were known for biscuits. I didn't even know that. So now, now my my curiosity has peaked, and I just I just want to eat some good biscuits. Are you just hungry? I am. Maybe I'm just hungry. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have one in each hand this morning. <laughs> Dual welding biscuits. That's it, man. There you go. Double there, fist in the biscuits. Are. Appreciate it, Jay. Yep. All the best, man. We'll listen tonight. Take care. All right.
So make no mistake about it. He says Connor Cook. There's no question. It's not even a question. Um, you know, App State didn't throw their their guy in a must win, but they also weren't the one seed. And correct. Ah, it, but they had to win, or their season was over. Now you got two of the best pitchers in the Sun Belt that uh, should be on the mound tonight for each team. It's going to be it's the game of the day, uh, obviously in Montgomery, and. Um, Cajuns win. They'll 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 punch their ticket. They'll be playing on on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. And Hopefully, in the semifinals. The Cajuns, man. And then again, we just want to give a big shout out. I don't know if you gave it out. Shout out to the softball team on the amazing season that they had. Oh yeah, Sun Belt champions. Get that ring. It's tough, man. It's tough to lose in the final when you're that close to uh, to get into a super. But considering all the injuries they had and everything else, yeah, yeah. ESPN fourteen twenty and powerhouse softball power. Bottom of the hour, Scott Prather, Norman Locke, take a timeout, come back, revisit something we hit up on in the seven a.m. hour. Alfred Payton not getting a run at all right now with the Knicks. Will he insert himself? Will Thibodeau insert him at some point in this series? The Jazz bounced back in a big way. Morant got all the headlines, but it's kind of how Utah likes it. Just. And I got a question for you. What's the Bermuda Triangle of football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, I got you. Got you. What's right here. The Bermuda? <laughs> I don't know, but you're going to tell me when we come back. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. I'm Scott. That's Norma right back right after this. Welcome back into the great Scott show sponsored by suit up Cajun heartland state fair happening now presented by LUS. It starts today. It's the Cajun heartland state fair. Funnel cake city. There are some things that you just don't change. And the theme song to the Cajun heartland state fair is one of them. What is it? It's the Cajun heartland (laughs) fair. Go, 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 go. Fun, 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 fun. Go, go. No, you just, that was, I rem- I, that's just childhood for like so many people is just like they remember that song. It's been around that long. But uh, if you want to learn more about Cajun Heartland State Fair, happening now through June the 6th, go over to ESPN1420.com, click on Fair on the What's Hot Bar. What's your favorite ride at the State Fair? I don't know, man. It's been a long time since, since you've been. been. I, I'll say the ride. old school Ferris wheel. I, I, I get to yeah. eat my funnel cake in peace. Yeah, there's something nice about it. Get to the very top, you take a picture of everybody nice at the view. bottom. Nice you know? view. It's relaxing. Yeah. It's yeah. not, you know, the the scrambler. No. 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 no, no. Yeah. After like 20, I'm done with that. <laughs> All right. Um, NFL news for you. Diane Rossini uh, reported four minutes ago that the Falcons have discussed several trade offers for Julio Jones, including an offer for a future first-round draft pick per sources. There's a sense around the league a trade could go down as early as... As it should. First-round pick, if they can get it at this point, take it and and go. Oh, 100%. I'm just trying to see what team that has the cap space, that's what I went and looked at, that has the caps without moving any pieces around 
and has a future first-round pick that's pretty much expendable because he said he wants to win. It has to be a team that has enough cap space because it's a $15 million uh, hit, I want to say, for him this season. And they have to have a first-round pick that's expendable. So that list shortens. And when that list shortens, it comes down to yeah, but but I so one caveat I'll throw in there, Norm, is if it's next week, if it's post June first, then you can do it on the following year's cap. Mm. So that opens up a lot of options. Okay. And notice she said next week. She did say next week because that's what that's that's what I think everyone's waiting on. Like I think Atlanta has an offer that they that they like, and they're just saying, well, let's just wait until. Wait until this thing goes down. Now you don't. Well, they're not saying that. They want to. They want to keep getting more offers and more offers Correct. and have you know the best they can. But yeah, cuts and trades post June first, you you get to put it on the following year's cap. So that's what they're waiting on. So <clears throat> I think Baltimore. I mean, that's what I'd roll with. I will roll with Baltimore. But me and Lynn was talking about this. Of the other teams in the AFC, who do you think needs him the most to put them into playoff consideration or championship consideration? And I'm gonna say the Titans. Titans need him. I would I would throw Indy in there. Indy also. I would Carson, I would like to see him. Carson Wentz loves to just roll out and just throw it up for grabs. Yeah. Now, this isn't in defensive wins because he has been bad the last few years. So Correct. I don't want you to turn this into oh, no, no, anything me. like that. My point is, it's not like in Philly you had guys that could just go up and get it. Like if you're Correct. gonna have a quarterback that's gonna be an old gunslinger. You better have receivers that can go out Alshon there. Alshon Jeffrey was the last one that yeah. was able to. And, and I don't think he was even, I think he was kind of past his prime, give or take, maybe the Super Bowl year he was. That's what I said. That one year, he was, yeah. that was the last time. But, like, you throw Julio in there, um, now you've just, I mean, we've seen him just go up and get balls that. Not supposed to come down. Right. With. So, um, put in, and, you know, it's still in a dome, which is good, and he's used to that. I he think has a run game. He has other wide de- receivers around defense. him. Good defense. You know, Tennessee's defense is, eh. So I think I think Indy is uh, is certainly, think, I think it's going to be in the AFC. Some think San Francisco. I don't think it's happening in no. San Francisco. No. I, think, uh, I think you're looking at Indy or Tennessee or Baltimore, but of those three, I, I kind of put the Ravens at the top there. Now, I'm gonna put the coats at the top, but just because I say, if Frank wants to know that Carson Wentz is the guy, you go get you. You have T.Y. Hilton, you have Michael Pittman Jr., the young stud. You go get Julio. You have no excuses. Carson Wentz has literally no excuses. You're back with your favorite head coach. You got a run game. You got a defense. You got an offensive line. You got three good wide receivers. You got no excuses, Carson. If you're back. That's, that's how I see it with the coach. But I do that adding Julio Jones puts them to the fourth best team in the AFC. But I also feel that way with anybody else in the AFC that adds Julio Jones. Here's what's interesting, right? We got an email from Jay. He says Dolphins. I, Dolphins are in the mix as well. I, I wouldn't rule them out either. There are reports out there that the Patriots are a big player in this. Um and if you look at oddshark.com, if you follow the betting lines, the the favorite, minus 105, favored by a lot. Titans are second at plus 275, Ravens at plus 300, Dolphins plus 800, Niners plus 900, Packers, Colts plus 1,000. The Patriots. I'm out. Like, he said he wants to win, and he going to the Patriots, and I hate to say this, 
that offense, you're not winning. According to Zach Cox of NESN, uh, which is a sports network up there in Boston, he is he he reported earlier this week that Jones wants to go to New England. I I don't look at what Cam did last year in that offense no. and think. That's where you go to win and make big things happen. He came out and threw a little shade at Matt Ryan. Said, "I think he lost a little touch on his deep ball." Well, have you have you looked at Cam Newton's deep ball? <laughs> it's either it's going sixty yards or it's going thirty five yards. It is no no in between. So uh, not the, not not to, not let's, let's just say Cam's not exactly going to start winning in a game of of archery. No, trying to hit the bullseye. No, no. no. Now, if it's if it's if it's power you're looking for, all right, he might knock you out your socks. But if you're looking for him to hit that bullseye on the target, he's not gonna a moving it. target. So I, I'm out on the Patriots. Even if you add Cam Newton, that puts the Patriots at at what the sixth best team in the AFC. Even even if you push them up some, because they're not the best team in their own division, Mm-mm. with or without Julio. You add Julio to that team. Uh, they they're, must. They're, I I think that they're they're. They're better than the Jets. They're not better than the Dolphins. They're certainly not better than the Bills. No, no. That's why I can't. I, Bill, I understand that people are like, well, you saw it. He he got Randy Moss for a, for a fourth round pick and turned them into uh, a Super Bowl wide receiver the very next year. I was like, yeah, he had Tom Brady too. <laughs> That's what, people and, forget that he had Tom Moss, Brady. And too. Moss's time in Oakland was really bad. Really bad for him, for the Raiders, all of it. Like. They're acting like he got him from the Vikings after Moss was, like, coming off. No. Go back and look at, like, Julio, despite the fact that he has more fumbles against the Saints than touchdowns. Look at his overall stats. Look at how he's been playing lately. It's not like what Randy Moss was doing with the Raiders. Now, Moss, I think, was a little bit younger. But that was more of, like, Moss was looked at. Some were thinking he was damaged goods. Yeah. And look and what a, he did. And an off the field problem. Look what he did when he left New England. It's not like he went anywhere in in, in Tennessee or or back in Minnesota, like to to really do anything incredible. Like it was, he had a, a rebirth in New England. It came and went. But you got to tell the whole story with Moss. And and I think Randy Moss is the most talented receiver, yeah, most talented of all time. I mean, as he called himself the Super Freak when he was in Minnesota for that first run, there was nothing like it. But um. But yeah, they, you know, it, it's of course he got him for a a fourth round pick. Oakland was gonna they Oakland wanted was, to cut him. They yeah. wanted to get his salary off the books. So that's why I was like, uh, I'm I'm not in on that one. Like you said, four. I'm not I'm not in on any NFC team getting him. So that's let's say that like people are like, oh, you could trade Jordan Love for why would Atlanta take that trade? Why would why would they want a situation with a young quarterback behind their older quarterback? Well, why would they there, take that there's trade? Been, there's been shatter that they're not they're they're not. They wouldn't mind moving on from Mr. Matt Ryan. And I don't Green Bay does not want to move on from. I don't. Green I don't Ryan. believe any of that chatter. Zero percent. You know why? Because they keep drafting offensive talent to to bolster up Matt Ryan. Like you don't keep drafting wide receiver in the first round. Wide receiver in the first round. You don't. Right. You don't take a, a tight end fourth right. overall and say I want to move on from my quarterback. Yeah, right. I don't believe it. Ice. Oof. Don't believe it. Good old Matt Ryan wants to sit back on a Saturday night, eat some Hot Pockets, and watch Jag reruns. Good old Matt Ryan. Worst thing he ever did was pay to go to a movie, come out the theater, go into the other movie, and not pay you know he didn't do that. until after he got out of the second movie. <laughs>
Hashtag Matt Ryan facts. We got that. We got that going a few years ago, and you can still hashtag Matt Ryan facts and see a lot of old great ones on social media. Um, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. All right, what, what is this Bermuda Triangle thing you were teasing? What are yeah. You talking about? So, if you had to pick a Bermuda Triangle of football, where it's a a triangular meaning three sectors of bad football. Okay. Where would you put it? I don't know. And they, and that it's got to be close by. You got to be close by. So Detroit comes to mind. Okay. Houston's too far away from it's Detroit. Too, way too far. Minnesota's not bad. I mean, some might think Vikings, but like they're they were they're not a bad team. Not a bad team. But if you fly anywhere between. Ohio, Michigan. Ah, the Bengals. Mm. The Bengals. The Lions. Well, who's after that? The Browns. Well, yeah, but the Browns were they won they won a playoff game last year. Yeah, but historically are they, are they breaking out of the Bermuda Triangle? I don't know. We're gonna see this year, but it's just like you fly a first round pick or a quarterback into the Bermuda Triangle and he disappears. When you have a winning team. Even if you're not winning Super Bowls, just enjoy it while you got it. See, I remember I remember when I was a kid, the Browns were a really good team. Like AFC Championship, the great late Marty Who's Schottenheimer. The Bernie Kosar. Was and he a good quarterback? Yeah, he was for yeah. the Browns. And then the, the, the Bengals were in Super Bowls. I mean, they were really good. They were fun. The Lions, they had a young Barry Sanders. They were getting they were getting to the playoffs. Now they weren't they won a playoff game maybe once when I was a kid. But, like, the point is none of them were winning Super Bowls, but none of them were bad. Like, they were all like, man, these are some of the more fun. I, 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 don't, I don't know that I describe the Browns as fun, but they were good. Now, the Bengals were fun and the Lions were fun. And that was when I was a kid, and yet so they've been so bad for the, so long. In the 50s? Until was a kid? In the, 50s. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns were really good in the 50s, but I was – shoot, man, I wasn't even swimming yet. Um no, no, in the in the in the eighty in the, you know mid to late eighties, early very early nineties, and then man, when that when that bottom, I mean, the, Cleveland had their team taken away for a little while, so they they kind of had an excuse, and that team went on to win a Super Bowl. They just didn't get to enjoy the fruits of it because at that point they had come back to Cleveland as an expansion team and were horrible again. But um, yeah, dude, it's it's been a while, give or take. Minnesota. Detroit, they've been in the playoffs a few times, didn't win any games. Same with Cincinnati. Cleveland finally won a game last year after years of just nothing. When you've got a team that is consistently in the mix or winning, just enjoy it, man. Because no. you don't want you don't want to be in a Bermuda Triangle. You don't want New Orleans, Houston, I don't know. It'd be a weird triangle, Kansas City or Nashville, whatever. I'm trying to do one in my head geographically. Ooh, it doesn't no, work. Yeah, it doesn't work. But it'd be Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's not really a, tri- I guess, what's well, three edges? It's tr- it's yeah, just it'd, a, be, it'd be Kansas. not a traditional triangle. No. But um, but you're right. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Detroit, that is like a, that is shaped. Like, imagine that, that fan base is just, ha- what if you're in the middle? Who you, who do you, who you side with? Like I don't want to be a Lions fan, but it's I don't want to be a Bengals fan. But I don't want to be Steelers or Colts. Just go, <laughs> just go somewhere else a little bit further. For a lot of those guys, it just depends on where. Like like in Northern Kentucky, that's all that's all Bengals country, all of it. Yeah. Like George Clooney's from George Clooney is like a a big Bengals fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's just based on where he grew up. I like I like I like that he's 
still a fan of that and not just like, oh, I'm, I've been in L.A. for a while, so I'm just going to like. But why, why do you think the area, like you said, if it was good in the late 80s, early 90s, and then let's say the team with the most success since then is probably the Bengals since then? I mean, the the, the Browns? No, no. It's it's the in terms of it's the Bengals. If you want to go to when those three teams started to suck, <laughs> back in the in the 90. mid to mid to late nineties when they started to 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 be pretty bad, the Browns went away for a few years, and then they were an expansion team. So it's it's Cleveland, but they also had like they have the most built in excuses as to why. Whereas Cincinnati and Detroit, it's like no, it's, y'all got no excuse, oh yeah. like. You weren't starting from you weren't taken away and then starting from scratch. By the way, taken away and then five years later we're a Super Bowl team, that team in Baltimore. That like you you just you got no excuse. So Cincinnati has had more success than Detroit. And yet Detroit's been in the playoffs. I'd say Detroit and Cincinnati are kind of on equal ground. Like they both and Detroit was like Detroit was at least still like they were in the playoffs and I think like ninety nine, like didn't do anything. And I'm there. looking towards like, the future. Cincinnati had only been a few times and just get bounced right away. So both of them, it's like, but for those, let me tell you something. For those fan bases, just the, that one year here or there is like everything. It's like, oh my god, now, the playoffs this year. Of the three teams that we're talking about, I want to say two of these teams been 0 16 before. Yes, <laughs> and that had never been done before prior to 2008. Had never been done before. This is the worst. prior to 08. This is the Bermuda Triangle of football. For sure, and the Bengals <laughs> definitely had like a one in fifteen record and a two and fourteen in there somewhere. Um, it's bad, and what's nuts? So the Browns have the most built-in excuses. One, they weren't there the whole time, and then they were an expansion team. Two, quarterback. Like you had Matt Stafford and Carson Palmer. Like you had two first-round legitimate, picks. Was, but yeah. they were good. Like yeah. you, you don't have an excuse. Like there's no fan bases. God bless them, man. God, that's why I say God, God bless them. God bless them. That's why when the Bengals and Lions win and it's not at my team's expense, I'm always, like, happy for them. Like, you know, good for them. I wouldn't say the Bengals. Good for them. But I'm happy for the Browns fans because of the dog pound. It's just it's cold out there, and they just be dressed up. And it, like you say, it's the the nostalgia of the old Browns that they're living off of. I just be like you say, I feel so happy for them because I, I haven't seen Browns fans happy if you don't yeah, bring you're not, up, you're not old enough to even have seen them do anything. No, nothing. That one year, what it was like, 2007 or something like oh, that. Yeah, well, they went, where they went 10 and six and didn't and make didn't the make the playoffs. That's the that's the most successful I've ever seen and the then Browns. ESPN and ABC, they, they they all made a big mistake of putting them in prime time five times next year, and they were awful. They were awful, and everyone could see that coming. Come on. Derek Anderson, like you, you can have a guy that has one good, like Matt Castle had one great season in Kansas City. It was beautiful. Not like he's – oh, it's beautiful my fantasy team, too. It was beautiful. But it's, it's not like suddenly like a guy – like Derek Anderson had a great season in Cleveland, but he was never – they're guys that just are flashes. Cincinnati and Detroit had consistency at the most important position. That's why, as much as we ripped the Falcons, and, and I'll never stop doing that. Oh, no, it's bad like, to be a Falcons. I mean, I, it, Scott, Scott, your star player went on national television to tell you I'm leaving. They <laughs> – what, but what have they had? Like, look at the majority. If you look at their history from 1966 until now, majority of the years, stability at the most important position, quarterback. They have yeah. had they they had an MVP quarterback. They had an MVP candidate quarterback before that in Vic. They had good quarterbacks in years prior. 
And I mean, Steve they went Barkowski, to Super Bowl. they went two to Super two Bowl. Super Bowls, and yet they are associated with just failure in sports. And when you've got stability at the most important position, and you, Arthur Brank hasn't owned the team forever, but you had an owner for a while that will spend the money and do whatever's necessary. You have both of those things, and you still are just a joke. I mean, look at the Hawks. That's pain right Look there. at the Hawks. I can't, I can't talk about the Braves because I don't know too much. But look at the Hawks. The Braves, the Braves, they're the Braves are good. The Braves at least have a. They should have won more World Series than they did with the roster they had. But at least they, at least they won one. Like it wasn't like the Falcons. Like oh well, you you couldn't just finish the deal. Braves with the the, the team they had in the nineties, they should have won more than one. But they, if you I'm te- if you win one, it changes everything. It changes everything. It changes everything. And the Braves have a good strong fan base, so I won't I won't say anything. That's why I won't say anything about. about the, the, you got the Hawks. Ooh, remember that team where they won like almost 60, 60 games? games yeah. It was like they had four All-Stars. And then lost in the first round? Second round. Was it the second? I think it was second round, yeah. They lost, was to, it they lost to LeBron. Yeah, well, yeah, but got four All-Stars. Like, it's not supposed to happen that way. It wasn't even week. close. It wasn't even see. close. That's why I'm trying to, like, if you are Atlanta fans, and I follow a few Atlanta broadcasters who are Atlanta fans, and I'm just like, bro, I know it's tough covering the team that you love and they losers. They always find a way to, like the Julio Jones story, they like, I'm about to mute Julio Jones. I'm like, you're a, you're a reporter. <laughs> you, can't, you can't mute it. You need to go to work and report on how your star player want, wore a Dallas Cowboys hoodie that he didn't even want to come. He just want to leave so bad that he's going to put on a, I own that hoodie too, so I didn't like him putting on my hoodie. <laughs> didn't like that. That 2015 Hawks team, they beat the Celtics in the first round uh, four games to two. Now, they were the one seed with the Hawks. They got swept by Cleveland in the second round. Do you remember the four All-Stars on that team? Joe Johnson was one because, my guy, he had bought that, like, $50,000 truck think, or something. I don't think he was on the Hawks anymore. I don't think he was on the I'll look it up. No, I don't think he was on the Hawks. I think that was when he had, that was the year he got traded, I think. Okay. Uh, who was on that I Hawks could be team? wrong, but now, but I, I off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure I know it. But let me, let me verify. Now, you got me doubt myself. Thanks a lot. Um, Let's see. Wasn't Crowden an all-star on that team? Okay. So, yeah, jo- Joe Johnson was not an all-star that year. Okay. Who was the all-stars on that team? You had Paul Millsap. Okay, okay. He's I, I'm, I'm not, not going to talk bad about Paul Millsap. Love Paul. I love Paul. Al Horford. Chris, Kyle Korver. <laughs> that year. Hey, you laugh all you want. That year. <laughs> he was an all-star, though. Jeff Kyle. Teague. Oh, yeah. Nah, those were some scrubs. They had the two of them had career years, but yeah, four, four of them. Jeff Teague in the second man, round. Jeff Teague. All right, is El is Elford going to get into this series, or is he just going to start games and then go to the bench early and not play? What's happening with Elford Payton and the Knicks? Uh, he shouldn't. He shouldn't start. He shouldn't start. Well, like, then bring him off the bench. He shouldn't. He shouldn't get any PT. They're going to play him at all. I don't think this so. Defense. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's. He's getting cooked this series. It's just nice. It's a yeah, bad. Yeah. How matchup. do you know he's played? He's played twelve minutes the whole series. They know better than me. The basketball minds. Yes. And they. Oh, uh, I'm gonna remember you say that anytime minds. you bring up a basketball take. The basketball like, they know minds, better than you. You they know said better it. Better than me. They, they they got the the stats to prove. But from my eye test of what I saw, man, you don't want twenty minutes of Alfred on Trey Young. You don't want it. Mix it up. Get 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 Elford some time, but uh, I think it's Tibbs rolling with his guy Derrick Rose, who he's comfortable with, and Rose is playing well in this series. But Elford can offer you more in five minutes. Um, Miami, Milwaukee tonight, Phoenix at L.A. tonight, Denver at Portland tonight, and Louisiana versus App State in a must win. <laughs> 
tonight. I got a uh, Troy Thibodeau tweets in and says, "This is a, this is a wild stat. Nobody in human history has ever sent a text message about the Bengals winning a playoff game. The Bengals' last playoff win was 1991. The first text mess text message was sent in 1992. I I I didn't know that the first text message was sent in 92. I was texting in. What kind of text message was there in '92? Ooh, that's a that's a a. Because I'm gonna say I got a cell phone and no, you, you couldn't send text messages on early cell phones. Those, those giant six? cell phones from the early '90s, you couldn't do that. 2006, I got on my first cell phone. I was texting in 2006. I don't know about y'all guys. I know y'all What's had the first text message. Cell phones sent. back in. All right, no, he's right. So the very first text sent on this is this is Google. Thank you, Troy. Sent on the 3rd of December, simply said, Merry Christmas. Oh. Neil Papworth, who sent the world's first message on the 3rd of December, one year later, Nokia introduced an SMS feature with distinctive beep to signal an incoming message. That's wild. Hey. Who's sending text messages? But my thing is, who did he send it to? If he sent it, if he did, but he, it was like, the if, first message. If no one was able to get it, does it really matter? <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest, it's been a while for the old Bengals. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Steve Pelegwin's next with Beyond the Game. Catch Norm this afternoon at 3. Jay Walker, Brad, top M tonight. Louisiana Raging Cajun Baseball. Got to win. Got to win against App State. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. It's ESPN 1420. ESPN1420.com and ESPN1420 app.